0: What's going on on the patreon well we're interviewing nikki wolfolk a author as well as a amazing chocolatier it kind of reflects more of how i see things
1: because i've been on the outside for so long in so many different communities and not feeling like i fed in and so when i decided to create the chocolate company i wanted to create a community so that has always been like the first and foremost so we find you know, we have these adventures, we have these different flavors that we taste, and you know, we're, we're tapping into different places, different people, and different experiences,
0: but we're also coming together with this mutual understanding. And so that was my motivator. And so that's what I hope to bring when it comes to the chocolates. So if you want to get access to that episode now, that's patreon.com slash is it transphobic. All right, we've got a Patreon shout out to Drew, Kate, Becca, Donna, Lindsay, Kirsten, Brian, Taya, Alex, Janelle, Morgie, Unwoman, and our new subscriber, Jade. Thank you all so much. If you want to be amazing like these folks, go to patreon.com slash is it transphobic? Or if you just heard an episode like maybe this one that you really enjoyed and you just want to get me a coffee, go to ko-fi.com slash is transphobic? Thank you so much. Hey listeners, in this episode of Tootsie, just wanted to give you a quick trigger warning, content warning, that we are going to talk about sexual assault in the movie Tootsie. Also, for those listening, uh, there's a hum that I tried to edit out of Robin's material. As a result, I just cut any moments that Robin is not speaking. Uh, that said, like I say, I is tried.
1: transphobic? We'll be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny.
0: We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Ashley Lauren Rogers. I'm the producer, creator, and host of the Is a Transphobic podcast. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. And today I'm being joined by.
1: I am Robin Bennis. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, I am the author of several books that uh, a few people have read uh, The Guns Above by Fire Above and The Devil's Guide to.
2: Hi, I'm Bailey C. Ellis. Uh, I go by he or they pronouns. Um, I'm actor, uh, aspiring playwright, and uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. So today we did
0: Tootsie. (sighs) We did Tootsie. We can finally say we did it. Uh, This has been a request for a while and every single time it has been on a streaming service. The second I try and get people to do it, suddenly it's off that streaming service. So we finally found one that had it. Netflix has had it for a little while. So let's dive into Tootsie. Uh, First off, let me know, have either of you seen Tootsie before? Is this your first time going in or is this a revisit?
2: Uh, This was technically a revisit because I've, you know, watched uh, the, honestly, the bootleg of the musical before, uh, but... This time, i like, okay, I gotta just sit through the whole thing. No matter how much it uh, drives me crazy, I gotta just sit through it and do it. So, mm. I guess all in all, it was my first time really watching it. So, mm. <laughs> uh, This was
1: far from my first time. I apologetically loved this movie. <laughs> I've seen it half a dozen times.
0: That's cool. I feel like we're gonna have a very good discussion then, because... <laughs> I just, I'm good. I'm I'm happy I saw it. I'm happy I never have to see it again. But we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that uh, first and foremost. I want to say fuck Dustin Hoffman. Uh, we kind of have to say that, especially because he's been uh, he he was outed maybe a year ago as a known abuser. So Amen. fuck Dustin Hoffman. Um, Amen. That's it. Yeah, but that said, uh, we're looking at the piece itself. Now that we've made that statement, um, I, I gotta tell you, I did not expect how much I was going to laugh at the world of acting and where all of my professors <laughs> must have gotten their idea of what acting is in New York. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now I do I do want to quickly say, um, I think I got a little confused because I was looking more at the musical, the movie I haven't seen straight through. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, and trust me, I have some interesting opinions on that. Well, I'm curious
0: then okay, how did the music how does cuz I have not watched the musical. I know my that that actor that I love from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was in it and won a Tony for being the Dustin Hoffman character. What how did
2: how does the musical start? What is the like help me out with this? Uh like well it starts out with they're in a rehearsal for a musical, you know, it's it's kind of uh uh you know the play within a play type uh Type thing. You know what I mean? And it starts out immediately with the um the main character Michael being, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The underdog actor, you know, fighting with the director, you know, this big shot Ron Carlisle director who is, you know, basically ignoring, you know, his want to expand the idea of a simple ensemble character, giving them a backstory which as an actor myself i do agree with um, with michael in terms of because you know like it only makes the story more real if you have um you know more to your character no matter how big or small that character is and that was my first red flag i gotta say finding myself relating as an actor <laughs> to the main character i'm like oh it's gonna be that isn't it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's interesting. So it was only one play that they were focusing on for the the musical, right? They were just in one. Well, one play within the play, right? Or well, am I wrong? You no, know, that? that
2: it started out with you know a rehearsal, and then Michael gets kicked out of the play, and they go through kind of the for the first number is the ensemble singing about uh, this guy is really struggling. He's in his forties. He has nothing really to show for it. Um, and he tends to be denied with, he goes through like a montage of auditions and it's basically just buckles down to, we're not looking for someone like you. In other words, he's a decent actor, but he doesn't really stand out enough to be considered, you know, for anything.
0: Interesting.
2: Okay. Yeah. Because in,
1: we... oh, yeah, uh, in the film, you definitely get the impression, you know, it sort of, it it dips its toe into that. Like, oh, he's just not right. But it starts to give you hints fairly early that the issue is he is, he would probably call himself a perfectionist, but I would call him an asshole. (laughs) Uh, And instead, you know, instead of admitting that he's just incredibly difficult to work with, he just believes that there are no roles for middle-aged white male character actors.
0: Well, part of that, especially with the film, is he finds later that literally, he's been told by his agent, he can't book him anywhere. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, you are so difficult. I can't book you. Like, no director mm-hmm. will work with you. Hollywood won't work for you. Commercials won't work with you. You can't get work. And that's
1: the <laughs> and... by the way, the director of the movie. <laughs> that's oh, right. Kind of fantastic little <laughs> insert there. <laughs>
2: no, so... it's, it's the same with the, uh... oh, I'm sorry. Oh no no no, please yeah oh. like give no give it's it's actually the same with people. the music it's the same with the musical uh you know his agent basically says you know no one was gonna work with you you're an asshole you basically challenge everybody he goes into this diatribe I don't know if it was in the movie where he was saying how you were a tomato in a commercial and you were still giving the director a lip yes yes <laughs>
1: yes, yes.
0: because he, to he was down. Tomatoes <laughs> don't tomato <laughs> <move>. I can't <laughs> yeah a tomato
1: <laughs>
0: that was in the musical oh. too that line. <laughs> Like that's the thing, okay, the first half, or like not even the first half. like the first third, like act one, I really enjoyed. Like all it's of such this a like charming film. Yeah, really like hits. leading up to yes. leading up to <laughs> everything I really enjoyed. The second, so in the film, what they do is they show you in the beginning a montage of him applying spirit gum to his face so that he can put on a mustache so that he can go in for an audition. And then they show a series of quick rapid fire auditions of him being like, oh, no, you're we, we don't need you. We need someone. Uh, you're, you're not the right height. It's like, oh, well, I'm, I can be taller no, no, we need someone shorter. It's like, oh, I can be shorter. I'm wearing I'm wearing lifts right now. I can, it's just like, we want someone else.
2: <laughs> put it's put that, serious... that word for word as well.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I imagine they probably, like, because I was watching it, and especially with so much of it, I imagine there's a lot that they probably didn't deviate from. Um, yeah. I am curious to hear how they represented a lot of
1: things. I mean, it is a film that's structurally worked. Kind of <laughs> structurally.
2: Well, you know, an interesting thing about the musical, it was, you know, music and lyrics were by uh, David Yazbek, who is the same guy who did the musical for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is another over-the-top camp, bordering on annoying, if I, you know, giving my honest opinion, uh, musical, uh, but... And I, and I honestly, I'm hoping that didn't affect my opinion too much going in. Because, you know, someone who knows the Dirty Brown Scoundrels musical is like, oh, it's the same guy. That doesn't shock me, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I no, mean, I definitely hear that. I mean, sound-wise, you know, musically, the guy's got incredible talent in terms of, com- you know, uh, composing. But just, I don't know if it's just his stuff or the... Writers he works with, you know the people who write the books for the musicals. It just borders on camp that even a drag queen would run away from. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like I like that description. That tells me
0: everything I need to know. <laughs> so with yeah, the uh, with the movie, uh, like I, it felt so realistic for the time. And I loved how there's this moment during the montage where we're seeing him audition, but we're also seeing him te- like, teach acting to a group of actors. And he's really going at it and really attacking it and being like, no, you need to do this. You need to work. You need to make sure you're doing things. You need to be employed because so much of us are unemployed and you're only going to ever really work maybe 5% of the time. And it was just like really good. He also advocated for the playwright. And I really dug that as a playwright, yeah. where, where it was like, no, like the playwright is providing the words. The playwright knows where the inf- uh, the inflections are, and just because you feel like you should go up on an and, and the playwright wants you to go up on a but, you're gonna you're gonna run into problems. And it's just like, thank you, Tootsie. I didn't <laughs> know I needed that information.
2: Like... <laughs> now let me ask. Uh... There was yeah. a, a moment in the the montage of montage of auditions. I I could talk. I think, a montage of auditions where uh, Michael insults the um, the playwright, and then the director who is auditioning him says, "I am the playwright." I don't know if they they <laughs> had that in the movie. But...
1: I don't remember that, but I mean don't. My memory's terrible.
2: Yeah.
0: To the best of my knowledge, because I watched it uh, this morning, <laughs> I did not see that. I, I definitely saw the whole, like, he was portraying Tolstoy and he was asked, like, the big thing that they did was, like, okay, you're dying. We need you to get up and move to the center of the stage because the left side, like, we need to move to the center of the stage. Why? <laughs> because because st- house left can't see you. I'm dying. <laughs>
1: I it's Tolstoy like... would stand up. That guy was a professional.
0: <laughs> Tolstoy would have gone center stage, and you know it. Tolstoy yeah. always yeah. dies center stage. Damn it! <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, but it's uh, you know this is definitely like the thing that really raised the red flag with me from the word go was he is such a. I hate to say he's a relatable character to someone who's, you know, in the entertainment business, be it acting, playwriting, directing, so relatable. And that is like, oh no, we're looking at an everyman character. That means it's going to try to appeal to everybody, which means these, anything that goes in this play is going to kind of, you know, be, where's my mind going with this? You know what I mean? Like, be like, this is how it is, type thing. Yeah,
1: yeah like yeah. if this that made like, any I mean, sense. What this just, is the um, torture of the middle aged white guy trying to find a role.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <sighs> yeah. The, uh, okay, so we we got to keep moving. I can't
2: just keep exact, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: pages of notes and we're on like <laughs> through the
2: first page. Oh yeah, I took a, a shit ton of notes of the musical as well because <laughs> my it. memory is garbage. I gotta say. <laughs> So I gotta say, Bill Murray is in the
0: movie, and Bill Murray plays the, uh, like, I say the straight man, meaning the person that is not the wacky, over-the-top comedic person. And it was very weird
2: seeing him as the straight man.
1: Yeah. It uh, worked, though.
2: Oh, was he the director? Was he uh, the best friend? He's
1: the roommate, the best friend.
2: Oh, Jeff, I think, was the character's name. Yeah. That makes, yeah. Yep.
0: (laughs) He, he was great in this, honestly. Like, he, like, one of the most understated Bill Murray roles I've seen. Yeah. Truthfully.
1: That guy has has range.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So, uh, let's see. Michael, what is, what is this that I wrote? Michael is awkwardly obsessed with who is an actor. And oh, so, and I don't know if this translated into the musical, like, uh, let me know. But there's this whole understory, this whole like story that's happening where he is so, Michael is so obsessed with the craft and acting and everything about the business that even at his own party, he doesn't Talk to people about anything other than, oh, hey, are you an actor? Of course you're an actor. Yeah, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And, and even when he's
1: getting super handsy with people, he is he is just talking about acting. And he's standing in front of, you know, like posters of playwrights and actors. It's like somebody decorated this gigantic, you know, fake New York apartment with like a fire hose <laughs> filled with actors and
2: <laughs> yes. That is a beautiful description.
1: This movie inspires me to be efficient, you know? <laughs> it's an efficient movie. That's part of it, you know. You you know immediately who this who this jerk is.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he definitely was, you know, in the musical, obsessed with the craft, but you know, at a dead end at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's so interesting,
0: because based on the descriptions, and again, I have not seen the musical yet. But like, based on the descriptions, it sounds almost like the update for Michael's character was not, it's not that he wasn't obsessed. It's that they showed him more driven, but not able to reach a certain point. Whereas with uh, the movie, he was at a certain point, and he just can't get work anymore. I, I don't know if you if you want to comment on that, Bailey, because that that sounds like where
2: Um, I mean, give or take, it just, you know, it's, it's kind of still the similar, you know, thing of that. He's worked all his life pretty much for this, but he can't get booked because, you know, he's put it simply, he's an Mm. asshole. Mm. And of course, you know, the, (laughs) the, um, the spotlight of blame is instead of really placed on him until his agent, like, you know, says anything to him, uh, it's kind of placed on, you know, the directors who are, you know, ignorant of what would, you really bring an ensemble to life.
1: They don't appreciate his genius.
2: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Although I do have to say, I do appreciate, you know, the agent kind of taking that spotlight and just yanking it right onto Michael, you know, basically saying, dude, look in the mirror.
0: (laughs) So that is one thing I do have to hand it.
2: Yeah. And especially since we're talking about two different mediums, do you mean that he
0: physically went to the lighting (laughs) grid and turned a light on him? Because I honestly...
2: When we oh, speak I in wish. metaphor
0: about theater, I don't know. Like,
2: okay. Honestly, honestly, I wish. But if, if I ended up having to stage a production of this, I would definitely incorporate something of that sort. Okay. <laughs> that, that is good, I gotta say. But no, it was basically just him dropping the ball saying, I can't work for you anymore because you can't work with anybody.
0: Ah, so he's so so he actually said I can't work with you anymore. He actually like tried to. He fires him. Yes. Oh, because he doesn't. Interesting in the movie, he doesn't necessarily fire him. He just says like I can't get any work for you. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like it's very I like the play. That's a better choice
1: for the play. Yeah. Um, it just it it does kind of it, it takes away that kind of eighties feeling, the kind of victim of circumstance feeling you get first yeah. about the fifth of this of the film.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this was very updated for, uh, you know, 2018, as when this uh, went up. Uh, they mentioned fidget spinners at one point, oh, crying out
1: Lord.
0: loud. <laughs> it was so ridiculous, but it's, you know... It's like, how, do, how do we tell them it's, it's 2018? 2018. <laughs> fidget spinners, fidget spinners, <laughs> come on fidget spinners. Throw I them know. out to the crowd, everyone will love it.
2: <laughs> and as as Let's see 2017. The fidget on, <laughs> and, you know, it definitely <laughs> threw me off, because, you know um my mind was kind of you know the movie came out in what the 80s mm. was it was that at the 80s late 80s 82 i think 82 so early 80s uh so my mind was kind of there without even realizing it i honestly was watching this musical with the um the wrong notion that it was a revival and then i you know what you know i saw fidget spinners I'm like that's an interesting add-in and then i look it up like oh it's not it was just originally written that way with the musical <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so they so they tried to keep
0: like an 80s flair to it or th- was there just some things that they just didn't adapt well
2: for the time period do you think? I feel like other than the obvious it was more of a timeless type thing. Okay. <laughs> um I'm honestly not a great judge of time period, but there was really nothing that stood out that screamed uh, you know, 2018 other than the mention of the fidget spinner. You know, it's basically you know the the choreographer trying to throw in like you know uh certain steps, you know, trying to describe it the way choreographers do. And at one point he was, you know, throwing in the the joke of oh, the floor is lava, it's hot, 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 hot. So <laughs> that was I feel like that was really the only things that brought it up to uh 2018. Well that and a couple of other things that uh you know, on the transphobic uh question, <clears throat> that kind of made it more transphobic when it was trying to make it less
0: i don't know
2: i mean do you Mm -hmm. want me to like touch on them right now because uh there were a couple of spots
0: yeah i tell you what hit us, hit us with uh the the specific moments that you were looking at that you've got like and we'll we'll kind of see how it has a film analog and what they did back in the 80s because
2: yeah Mm. well the scene when uh jeff finds out about michael's uh posing as Darthy, uh you know right after Dorothy nails the big audition and gets the role um and you know jeff is pretty much just railing uh poor choice of words um he's, <laughs> he's, basically, he's basically reading michael the riot act um mm-hmm. and the problem is he goes on this whole diatribe of how it's what he's doing is offensive to women, and he says, and I quote: "Young women, old women, straight, gay, trans women, all women—it's offensive to them." However, that line only comes right after he says some things that are basically um, straight out of a turfs, uh, you know, <laughs> turfs, uh... a turfs toilet, turf handbook. Yeah, yeah basically, I—I <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, was you know jeff was saying you're going to take a job away from a woman uh by perpetrating one literally the like two or three lines before the whole uh thing of you're insulting all types of women and it's Hmm. you know it left i had to pause it there and just think so you're trying to make up for the fact that you just basically rolled out a turf's whole dialogue and with this little tiny, very quickly said line of, you know, you're insulting all women, trans women included in that description. And uh-huh. the only way I can describe it is you're trying to put a bandaid over a sinkhole. So it, it cause it sounds very much
0: like they literally were just like, ah, uh, we got to make this better, I guess. Uh Just include trans people, but also keep a lot of this other things because people are going to be coming back. Cause I know like in the movie, Jeff, Jeff has a lot of things to say, but they're very, like, s- stoically bad, is the best way I can describe it. It's like, it's definitely not a lot of, like, it's very to the point. Like, I thought, like, uh, oh, what, what was one of them? There was one where he was just like, uh, I thought you were getting therapy. Oh, no, that was the agent.
1: Mm-hmm. I beg you to get therapy, says the, his agent, not Jeff. That's right.
0: Ooh. But yeah, it's mostly the agent that's portraying the car- the the kind of like, you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and Jeff is just, are you sure you're o-? like, it's a lot of like, hey, are you sure you're okay? You're sure
2: you're just doing this for a part? Hey, is this like, oh. yeah,
1: he's very concerned.
2: Yeah. No, the, no, see, they took out, um, they took out a lot of that and just replaced it with kind of misogynistic undertones. Oh, lovely. Um, mm. No, yeah. Oh, good. But- well that you know having uh having michael you know do the uh does this make me look fat type uh type thing in the dress is there's a few few ones i think i may have written down because my memory you know like i said is you know kind of garbage uh but it just it felt uh more of uh less on the trans being transgender is a mental disorder type of feeling and more on the let's just make fun of women as a whole type deal but I will get to that um in a little while I wanted to touch on the other spot I felt they were trying to just you say huh let's laugh at this funny guy in a dress but we're not transphobic just kidding we are type thing are <laughs> uh, the other the the agent uh, doesn't actually come back until later in act two uh when he wow. finds out what's been going on uh you know that he's Michael's been posing, uh, as Dorothy to, you know, and is about to open up on Broadway. Um, okay. So just has...
0: to clarify also in the, in the musical, he's going for a, a show,
2: he's going yeah, for a show with a show. soap show.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. In the movie, it's a daytime soap opera.
2: Is oh, it the same? So they, yeah. Oh, uh, so they updated that for the musical as well. Makes more sense. You know, the medium switch might as well go with the medium switch. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, the agent has this whole thing of, listen, these are different times. Uh, you could be a he, you could be a she, you could be a they. Use whatever bathroom makes you comfortable, and it's and it's just like. Meanwhile, I'm you know because I'm watching a bootleg and I'm hearing the audience laughing through that, and it's just like
1: oh lovely. You're tr-
2: yeah, you're trying to fix what is obviously an issue here. But you're also doing it in a way that's perceived comedically after giving us um, three-fourths of a show that is straightforward, haha, guy guy-in-a-dress, classic trope Yeah, motion. you can't
1: prime the pump like that and then just expect to pull it back and have the audience actually accept
2: your canned message
1: of acceptance.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's, it's, it, those were like, you know, like I said, they're putting Band-Aids over sinkholes. It doesn't work
0: yeah in in the movie a lot of it is it's weird because like and even then like there is a whole under uh like a whole like C plot of dustin hoffman's of dustin hoffman's portrayal worried that he's too fat so i can see why a lot of that's still stuck like hey does this make me look fat like why that would stick around because that was a big part of the movie as like yeah
2: (laughs) now i have to ask uh just you know also bordering on kind of the misogyny thing that i was mentioning in the movie uh well, the, well i mean in the musical there's a character uh why is her name escaping me uh oh my god i hate that that the name is escaping the, me the and everything.
1: give me a give me an architect. no the
2: other one the other one the... the one who's uh the one who's also a struggling actress oh
1: uh okay. oh sandy yeah terry gar in the movie oh,
2: yeah. yep Terry Gurt.
0: I hate how they treat her in this movie. Sandy. Like I don't yeah. Yes, I don't know how they're doing it in the in the, the live show, but let me tell you, in the movie they he just keeps lying to her and d- now here's the thing. I want to be very clear about this, especially with our audience, and I feel like our audience will understand this. When I say he's lying to her, it's because he is a cis man who's pretending to be a woman. He is not trans. He is not transgender. He is not non-binary. He is just a cis fucking dude doing this thing. So he is lying to her. Yeah. The
1: the dressing up as Dorothy thing doesn't even enter into except except orthogonally the the treating Terry sorry treating Sandy like garbage. I mean, this is a guy who uh this is so this is after we get the Dorothy montage. So he is visiting Terry Gar uh because of a weird little plot complication where he has been trying to raise money for a play that Jeff wrote for Sandy and Michael. Uh, And he has to explain, well, where did he get this money? He can't tell her about Dorothy because he's an asshole. So he tells her that one of his relatives died and he just came into money. And while he's there, he cannot resist, while she is in the bathroom, stripping down and trying on
0: one of her outfits... And when she comes in and catches him, just to put this out there first for our listeners, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, assault and a lot of this kind of coercively weird yeah. behavior. So, <laughs> FYI, we're going to start talking about that in yeah. the movie. Uh, sorry, Robin, I didn't want to interrupt, but I uh, wanted to make sure people heard that before we get. to yeah, thank you. Before I
1: bulldoze through this incredibly, <laughs> incredibly <laughs> abusive behavior on the part of, of Jeff here. Um, so he's stripped down to his underwear, holding her dress in front of him, and she walks back in because she was just in the fucking bathroom dummy um She catches him, and so he has to sleep with her to cover up that awkward moment and Now he's in a relationship
2: yep that is yep. <laughs> And you said that was that was Jeff who was doing that or was that oh, Michael, Michael who was doing sorry. that? Sorry. It was uh, Michael. Oh
0: yep. yeah, Michael
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, is covering for the money that he made to produce Jeff's play. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. Which
0: like literally it like and the whole his whole thing was he was gonna I don't know if he was gonna put on her dress, if he was gonna try on her dress, <laughs> like what it was, but it was just like she walks out and he's in his underwear and it's just like it's that kind of like, Hey, if you are listening to this, don't fucking do that. Like <laughs> For real though. I don't I don't know why I have to say that, but just FYI, if you're listening, don't fucking do that. Don't be
1: in your underwear um, at a friend's house unless they've asked you to be in your underwear at their house.
0: Yeah. Unless this is a thing that you've already said. Hey, this is cool. All right, this is cool. <laughs> but right now, don't be at friends' houses, because we're self-isolating. Uh, <laughs> just don't good, do
1: that. Good point. Don't be naked oh or clothed at a friend's house right
0: now. <laughs>
2: I mean, unless you're wearing a hazmat suit, but I, you know, probably not the best idea to go there anyway in general, you know.
0: So we should talk about because in like and tell me how they portray this in um, in the musical, but in the movie there a she is faced or I keep I, Michael dressed as Dorothy <laughs> is faced with the fact that he's supposed to kiss um, a co-star and finds a way to improv his way out of it by literally hitting him with uh, an envelope as he goes in for the kiss and then afterwards he congratulates her on that really amazing improvisation by kissing her, (laughs) by kissing michael (laughs) uh
1: yeah Um, that is that is a uh yeah this is the handsy bad actor who plays a handsy bad doctor in the soap opera who in the movie is played by George Gaines, who is a delightful middle-aged white uh, character actor who has no trouble finding work.
0: Hunky Brewster's adopted father. Oh, that's Why? right. Yeah. Why? I don't like this. <laughs> like, oh, but how, how is is this issue brought up a lot in the early? Because it happens a lot throughout the, the course of the movie. And I don't know how they, they do it in the, the stage show. But like, do they present this? quite often or is it just sort of like one i imagine it's going to be there but like is it just one plot line
2: or in terms of um a love interest or an issue of trying to get around interaction from what i can remember there was no like direct kissing that was supposed to happen in the play that they're doing which let me at least tell you it is a musical reimagining of romeo and juliet oh <sighs> which is weird <sighs> I'm so enough. Sick
0: <laughs> i'm so sick of those there's so many <laughs> Yeah, like... and, and...
2: There are
1: other Shakespeare plays, dummies.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Romeo and Juliet yeah. and Titan. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, that would be that would fun. Watch that. Yeah, we get to eat people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but but uh, Darcy was cast as um, Juliet's nurse and she well, he, I should she really say, you know, because Michael is not a trans person. Yeah. I. Uh, basically comes up with this idea that this character that Juliet falls in love with instead of Romeo named Craig as just a, <laughs> there's so many things I could say about that alone, but um you know that classic Shakespearean named
0: Craig. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh wow. uh, you know that
0: guy that guy you know the guy that stabbed Caesar Craig <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah I know Craig he's a cool and guy too,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie if if that happened i'd probably watch this shit out of this, all right <laughs> but, uh, I'm sorry, we derailed you go on that's <laughs> okay it was worth it uh the the change in this uh show is that Juliet is supposed to reveal to her nurse that she's going to be taking a sleeping potion and the nurse is supposed to be trying to advise her against it. And then Craig comes in and Michael suggests that Craig, you know, sees the nurse and falls in love with the nurse instead. And the actor, um, Max, who's you know playing Craig again, play within a play. Um, he is that uh, I guess the best way I could sum him up is. The dumb straight cis guy who thinks with uh, with his bottom half,
0: hmm. <laughs> just
2: you know, his only uh, thing. And the first thing though, when I saw like the interaction between the two characters and they're having like a conversation mid rehearsal, I'm thinking, oh no, are we gonna end up with an Ace Ventura ending? Oh you know? yeah! <laughs> oh god! Like, and that <laughs> that was uh, uh. I mean, thankfully, like, I was that sorry, go like, ahead. <laughs> how was how,
0: how was that handled? Because we'll, we can talk a little bit more about the the movie and how they, because honestly, I don't see this working in a like in a theater setting as far as like the way the movie is because at least with the soap opera it's literally every single day there's new pages and they introduce that in the movie like oh the oh what, what are these oh they're new pages you get them every day don't worry about it just try your best learn them and get them done yeah. um, and so because it's so like boom 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 every day is something new it makes sense that in the end the reveal is he literally says that he, Uh, this character that he's been portraying had a brother and her brother- Oh my God, in my favorite moment
1: in this movie and a lot of cinema.
0: (laughs) I will say I hated myself for actually liking (laughs) this moment. It it like, yeah, okay. Um, But like, so literally does the soap opera thing of revealing that he was in fact uh, the brother the whole time trying to live uh, for Dottie who died years ago, or like for whatever the character name in the soap opera was, because there's so many names of the names of the names. Uh, Like,
1: like, and raise that little boy in 10 years with a nursemaid named Sally.
0: Oh, it's it's brilliant. (laughs) I I am so there for it. But yeah, like that's because that's, yeah, because that's where the movie went. Uh, What did they do for the play?
2: Oh, (laughs) boy. Uh, (laughs) Well, first of all, uh, going on Max's character arc, there's this whole number where he appears in the apartment and reveals to Dorothy that he's gotten a tattoo of Dorothy <laughs> on his chest—a tattoo of the face. Yeah, it's. Uh... That's a bit much.
0: <laughs> I know. In 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 the movie, if this is the same character, uh, he straight up just comes. He comes. Outside of her house, her apartment, drunk, she's like, "How did you know? How do you know where I live?" And he just goes, "I followed you home yesterday." Oh! And, like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> and,
1: and then we, we get treated to this wonderful like... shot of Punky Brewster's dad serenading Dorothy <laughs> from the street, and she's forced <laughs> because he's serenading her to invite him up because it's in the script and because mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman's a moron in this movie. You could have just (laughs) left him and waited for him to get, you know, arrested. But no, you invited him up Mm -hmm. because, again, Dustin Hoffman is a moron in this movie and it's in the script.
0: So he comes up and exactly what you expect might happen, happens. (laughs) Uh, Luckily, before anything that they are implying happens, happens, Jeff comes in. And because there's another man that seems to have staked a claim, suddenly that means that, oh, I should not touch this woman. Yeah.
1: She is uh, someone else's property, and so it was wrong for me to try to sexually assault her.
0: Not because, you know, that's wrong. Only because of that. Yes.
1: Yeah, this is the moment moment that I always remember when I'm watching this movie, and I'm going along, and I'm loving it in spite of everything, and then I get to this moment, I'm like, mother
0: and I will say, I will probably take a character getting a full-on face tattoo, because that's something that they d- did to themselves.
2: Yeah, yeah. And it's infected, too, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> like it's in the music, the, uh, the lyrically, it's infected. And it's just that's like, amazing. oh, jeez.
0: See, okay, that's a, that's a modernization idea. Yeah. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. Like, I don't like it, but la, uh, right. I mean, I'm, I'm into not that.
1: usually a fan of <laughs> infected face tattoos, but I will take it over sexual assault <laughs> ten times out of ten.
2: Well, it's, nothing was going to happen between the two of them, except you know, um, what's the name? Max revealing his stupid tattoo and revealing his interest for Darthie. But Jeff does walk in, and then Max basically assumes the uh, the alpha male want to fight about it uh, type instead of. Oh, I gotta—you know—this woman's off limits. I, I'm gonna—I'm gonna say it. There's a lot of characters in this show that are the classic, um, you know, oh, all women dig me. Um, I should be able to get any woman I want. <laughs> in fact, there's a whole thing. I don't know if, if this is in the uh, the movie, but with the um, the main love interest, Julie, uh, the director of the the show that they're in, Ron Carlisle, is constantly trying to get with her, and she keeps saying no. And he's like, well, no, I know we're supposed to be together type thing. I don't know if that's in the movie or... No. So that
1: character in the movie is played by... Oh, why do I not remember his name? But I have it
0: Because Ron is a major dad. I can't remember the name of the actor, but he was major dad. another middle-aged successful character actor. Daphne Coleman. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, So it sounds like they combine him and and Michael's co-actor's father from the movie cuz there's two characters one is like cuz Ron is not into him not into Dorothy but Ron is dating one of the soap operas um young starlets and is but basically the young starlets.
1: they never go into specific he's he's what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's shipping uh Gina Davis on the side
0: No yes which FYI, I love Gina Davis Gina Davis is who I consider my celebrity look alike? Um, you just gotta get me with the right hair. she is she's delightful in this. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so she's a
1: she's a minor character in this, but she has so much more to do than Jessica Lang, who you will notice we haven't even mentioned we've mentioned for the first time two minutes ago, even though she's the co-star of this film <laughs> because she might as well be a sexy lamb. Yeah. the second time she appears in my notes, I just started calling her sexy lamb because that is what she is. <laughs>
0: I am I am a bad queer because I knew Jessica Lange was in it and I didn't know which one was Jessica Lange. <laughs> I don't know Jessica Lange. I enough. Got her confused I... with
1: Terry Garrett at first because I just thought like, oh yeah, you know, I'm bad with faces to begin with, and they do kind
0: of look a little. <laughs> Who was she? Who was she? And this was she the 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 PA the <laughs> the person actually like. Okay, it doesn't matter. The point is, Jessica Lang is in this, and I'm bad oh, at
1: a, a sincere question. You really don't know.
0: Yes, I don't know. Who Jessica Lang's
1: the one that Michael wants to fuck. She's the one who's making fuck eyes with him the whole film.
0: Oh, or she's making fuck yeah, eyes no, with she him. Does she's making her. fuck
1: eyes with Dorothy. She's making mm-hmm. fuck eyes with every iteration of Michael.
0: Because <laughs> that's what happens if you're a man, yeah. apparently, is I, you just make fuck eyes with everybody. I, mean,
1: I think, like, <laughs> if- you know, she would be coded as a femme lesbian, the way she's behaving in this film, if they had been invented yet. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's kind of yes. a, it is kind of a similar, uh, <laughs> I guess, presentation of her, uh, you know, in terms of possibly femme lesbian in the musical, except at the end of Act One, uh, Dorothy kisses Julie, you know, just out of, like, um, excitement over the opening <laughs> night. And Julie Julie in confusion runs off, but then later in act two decides, no, I actually do love Dorothy. I want to be with her. So it's kind of like a discovery about, you know, her own sexuality, but oh my God, honey, not like that. No, please.
1: They go in a different and somehow even worse direction where Michael in a similar moment of excitement and because he's a moron and because it's in the script, just thinks it's a good idea to kiss her. And this is after uh Sexy Lamp's dad has expressed a romantic interest with Dorothy. And so Sexy Lamp is like, "Oh, y- you've got to let my dad down easy because it was 1982 and bisexuals hadn't been invented." So the idea that, you know, <laughs> that Dorothy could go both ways wasn't even, you know, wasn't even acknowledged.
0: <laughs> just to be clear, because I can already hear the clickety clack of uh, keyboards, um Robin is making jokes about the invention of bisexuals and femme lesbians. It's true; they were invented. In 79.
2: <laughs> they weren't invented till the nineties, from... right?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. They so that's New
1: York. Yeah, that's the issue. They were invented <laughs> there in you go. disco and it took <laughs> a while to
0: get across. <laughs> I mean, it's a very big. The country is very big. Yeah. <laughs> it's very long. Oh, I'm gonna get uh, letters. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, <laughs> there. What else, man? I took so many notes, and we're like, I'm, I'm really here for this, honestly. Uh oh. Okay. So the character that she, the character that Michael is portraying <laughs> as Dorothy, uh, this character is really like vibing with every woman in the world they're all loving her which has its own deeper misogyny to it that like
1: only a man can be an overnight feminist uh, icon yeah
0: so there's that to deal with but also um he's trying to get out of this contract he's trying to stop because he's made enough money now and they they're loving her they think she's amazing they they want to give her more money and so uh at one point he, the agent who he who michael is like no you gotta get me out of this the agent goes uh <laughs> i got a secretary out there that wants to be like dorothy michaels and i'm ready to fire her and <laughs> there are <they're> so <laughs> Yeah, there are so many of these men in power t- just hating on people who are like hating on women for standing up to themselves mm-hmm. that it's just like Ah, oh. oh, this fucking movie. I, I, <laughs> let <me> tell you.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Please. I'll give it this. It is trying. <laughs> uh, for like 1982, that is kind of progressive by 1982 standards <laughs> that there are all these shithead men. And one of them. The actual director, one of them played by the actual director, who's kind of shitting on him, his own character, which I appreciate. I, I feel like I don't often say the phrase by the standards of the day because it's usually a shitty thing to say. But I will say in this particular case, by the standards of the day, this is, you know, it's pretty, pretty progressive to portray these guys as unapologetic assholes. The, the script, the, the movie doesn't make excuses for them. It just portrays them as jerks.
2: I will give the musical that as well, especially characters with, like, Ron and Max. Uh, You know, the assholes are clearly assholes, but I feel like that kind of mixes in with Michael. I don't know how well they do that in the movie, or if at all, but it's kind of, you know, Michael is a complete and utter asshole, and even when he's told off, it's still kind of... oh It's kind of, like, shoved into, like, certain pockets of of the show where it doesn't click with you that you're supposed to be rooting for this guy to get better. It's just falls under You're supposed to be rooting for this guy. Period. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm. It's easy to fall into that. Yeah. When you're trying. To... Yeah. But you're an idiot.
2: Mm. And I know you're saying about, um, you know, that they're trying to, uh, you know, they're kind of playing up the, uh, the men in power uh, stereotype to the point where, you know, it's obvious misogyny uh, in the musical. They're kind of doing the opposite in terms of they're trying to play up the woman in power or, you know, women have uh, a lot more to say than we give them credit for to the point where it's almost cartoonish and to the point where it's trying to be misogynistic, even though it's trying not to be, if that makes any sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it it wants to have its cake and go ahead, Robin. Yeah,
1: trying to trying to like hit that lean in sort of vibe.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Hmm. Have its cake and also misogyny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do want to mention, though, since we're on this, we're, we're on uh, Sidney Pollack's character, whose name I can't remember, um, trying to basically talk Michael out of not taking the option. That is another case where this movie is very efficient and it just it slides these stupid moments right through your brain so fast that you don't even notice how stupid they are like obviously like if you just stop for a moment and think like dorothy literally doesn't exist she could disappear tomorrow and michael is an asshole so he doesn't give a crap that he's an icon um it it would be so easy to just make her go away it because like she doesn't she doesn't have a social security card she doesn't doesn't have a driver's license no one can track her down and (laughs) By the way, as an aside on that, obviously no one who wrote for this movie ever had to work without papers. uh, Because that isn't even a (laughs) dress. How the hell she got the job (laughs)
0: without papers?
2: That is a good question. (laughs) It was the 1980s, that's how. (laughs) There was no social media either. No smartphones. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Quick question. Uh, You said that in the the end of the movie, uh, they twist the plot of the, uh, the soap opera that, that it was just the brother, you know, living for his deceased sister. Um, what happens back in the real, ro- real world offset to Michael as a result?
0: I know they, like, he ends up getting back with, uh, basically, they do the show that he was raising money for.
1: Well, first, uh, Sexy Lamp punches oh. him in the dick. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's Yep he deserves that (laughs) so he gets uh, so he goes to dick punch city (laughs) (laughs) and then after that the the show goes up i don't know if he i forget if he's actually doing the show with because sandy when and sandy i man there's so much that was just like
1: yeah it's brushed over and yes, he is doing it with Sandy. You see, there's a blink-and-you-miss-it moment where you see his name and her name on the uh, on the poster for the play. Which is called, uh, like, Return to Love Canal or something, which is just such, yeah. such a beautiful little thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he does that, but then the other thing that he does, like, one of the major things that he does is he actually connects with um, Sexy Lamp's father in a yes. bar as himself. And as much as there's a lot of homophobia within it, it's very nuanced and interesting. Like at one point, the the father says, "You know, the only reason that I haven't punched you in the face is because we didn't kiss, right?" Dang. Okay.
1: Yeah, because sexy lamp's dad needs a no homo moment.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, but especially for the time, like, yes. yeah, at least stating that so that the audience hears it, but also, like, having a really nuanced conversation with this person. And, like, at one point, like, a line, like, uh, there was a line, like, you know, you're actually a pretty good dancer, like, (laughs) comes up, and it's just, like, they're able to have, like, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a rapport, so it's like, all And you see
1: how, 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 just breezily this movie gets you back on its side. It's just, it's so charming that even when it's doing something horrible, it just kind of makes you want to love it.
0: I mean, speak for yourself, but yes, <laughs> it could get you on its side. I There was there was a point that it lost me, and I don't know where it was, but somewhere in the middle, I just I stopped caring, and I stopped writing notes. And the other thing, this, why is it two hours? It's going to be 90 minutes. It's going to be a tight 90. Musical's two hours. <laughs> See, musicals make sense, because there's music, and recitative, yeah. and other Music language, I don't know. I was kind but of shocked to see music this movie language. was two hours ago.
1: Like, I, in my memory, this movie is a tight 90. Just because it, hurt, you know, again, for mm. me, I, I, as an apologetic lover of this film, it just breathes mm. past. And I think maybe I might oh. know the point where it lost you. There's a point where Dustin Hoffman assaults a mine. Was that where? Because of your deep bump of <laughs>
0: You know, I do love mimes. I have friends who are yeah. mimes. People on this podcast are mimes. You've been at a show with me and that mime friend, Robin. I know,
1: I know. <laughs> I, I mean, people. I wrote it down. I, write, <laughs> I wrote this down. A sad wander montage shows Dustin Hoffman <laughs> assaulting a mime because it's, 80, it's, it's the 80s. <laughs> because it's
0: the 80s. It's honestly, it's true. Mimes have had a... You, it's very hard to insult mimes today, uh, but back in the 80s, mimes were like the punching bag of everybody. Yeah. I wrote something about the mime. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, he is an asshole to mimes. <laughs> that is the note that I wrote.
1: And this is at the end of the film, when he's supposed to
0: be a good guy now. Oh, jeez. Well mine was a yeah. dude. So it's like, okay, he could be he could be an asshole to dudes, exactly. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but now he's learned. Don't be such an asshole to women.
2: <laughs> I guess. I gotta say the ending of, you know, the musical, the musical within the musical, um, it's opening night on Broadway and he stops, you know, basically the whole show, goes off on this diatribe. I I really just sat there like, what the hell is he even saying? He's playing up such a a cartoonish voice that I'm like, did I just start watching an episode of Monty Python and didn't realize it? You know, type thing. And you can't even understand what he's saying anymore. And then finally he says, I'm not even Dorothy Michaels. And he rips off the wig. And this was when I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm looking right at um, Max I'm saying, okay, this is going to be the Ace Ventura moment if it's going to happen. Thankfully, you know, like, I, as I was saying earlier, it's, it kind of fizzled out. It was more like him just pulling at his chest going, mistake, mistake. And that was really the last you ever hear of. I and mean, you
1: don't have a lot of energy oh. when you have an infected tattoo.
2: <laughs> I mean truth. <laughs> oh god. And trying to do a Broadway show at the same time. Yeah. That's uh... a...
1: <laughs> but I was
2: I was honestly thankful that it didn't become a whole Jim Carrey having a freak out or Brian Griffin puking for a minute straight type reaction, you know? Mm -hmm. like it was so minimized that dare i say i was almost disappointed of how minimized it was you know what i mean (laughs) like Mm. i'm glad it was but at the same time it's like i was expecting a lot more just each time max was on stage i'm just like oh god it's gonna be that isn't it and then yeah that's a total alfred hitchcock
1: thing right you know like you don't (laughs) you don't show the ticking bomb you you show it for a moment and then you show the people talking And in this case, the ticking bomb is, you know, assault against a not actually trans woman.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got I got to say, just, uh, you know, with the um, the ending of the musical, they kind of leave it sort of open ended. They slapped on a couple of uh, lines that you could definitely tell were the morals of the story where Michael was talking to, uh, to Jeff afterwards. Um. And, you know, Jeff was saying, you can't live a lie. I'm actually quoting Jeff. And it's just like, oh, great. That adds more to the, um, the trans people are just liars, you know, type, uh, view. And Michael goes on this whole thing. Oh, I'm sorry. My notes were wrong. Michael says you can't live a lie. And then he also adds, being a woman is no job for a man. Huh. <laughs> oh, well-meaning cis <sighs> people. You mean well. Yep. Yeah. But then he meets he meets up with uh, with Julie in in a park and it's kind of, you know, she's talking about how like, you know, she really liked uh, Dorothy and Michael's like, well, Dorothy's still here. I just got to learn how to be a better man without putting on the dress. And it's yep,
1: that is almost line for line from the movie.
2: I, I'm not surprised. A lot of times these musical adaptations will take di- you know dialogue right from the movie, especially ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, word i'm looking for stuff like this um you know the you garbage, the, <laughs> the so quirky it almost hurts yeah. type by uh, type mm-hmm. things and they like i said they leave it open-ended where you know he sings a little bit to her you know not like this grand finale of a song just a little bit um and then they kind of just sit on the bench and just in quiet as the uh the final notes play and the curtain falls that's a so, Better
1: ending than the film where they walk off together because she's a moron, and it's in the script.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, it, it is implied that yeah they're dating now, and I mean you know, I give it a week.
2: I, I will. Uh, I, so I'll, I'll definitely give the musical this that you know they didn't give him everything. Like there were consequences to his actions to a degree that you could squeeze into the last ten minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like oh shit was, he's, gonna, he's probably gonna answer for this uh, here you go <laughs> it was at least something but I still feel like you know because even Sandy was still talking to, oh god we never even talked about Sandy really no. Uh, no, no. well okay I'm gonna say this
0: about Sandy Sandy is probably the best part of this movie in my opinion and they just you like you want to talk sexy lamp She's like a sexy lamp in another room. Like, <laughs> she's there sometimes. You kind of get light from her, but, like, in reality, she's just sort of there to be like, oh, what's happening? No, you should. Why, why didn't you come over? Oh. That's a terrible impression of Terry Gar. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's like,
1: like it's, she really does kind of yeah. transcend what's in the script. There is this wonderful moment where um, Dustin Hoffman is supposed to, is doing the Mrs. Doubtfire thing, where he's supposed to be on a date with her, but he's over with sexy lamb, and we just cut away to Terry Gar sadly eating the dinner <laughs> to eat together, and it's just
0: yeah, oh, moving, to play. yeah. moving a plate. Yeah, moving a plate. He stands
2: her up in the musical too.
0: <laughs> Fucking! I hate Michael. Okay, uh, so I'm going to send you uh, one link. This was from the uh, musical. This is what happened. Apparently, during uh, apparently they were putting out materials that said LGBT Tutsi. Oh no!
2: Where's my garbage? I'm gonna puke.
0: <laughs> they agreed to change the T in LGBT from Tootsie to transgender for Pride weekend only. That's nice of them. What?
1: What? 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 I get. What?
0: Huh? Uh Because, you know, that's listening to the uh, trans community. Uh, the a computer
2: this is uh, listening to
1: the trans community and ran a macro on that.
0: <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ.
0: So I wanted to bring that up. Uh, Feel free to respond, but it sounded like you already did. <laughs> but really, like, I feel like especially with a musical that has had so much issues and so much criticism thrown at it from the trans community to literally co-opt their letter.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: This is what Pride is all about, claim producer Peter May. <laughs> What the <laughs> fuck?
2: Oh, God. I'm going to puke. That is disgusting. Fuck yep.
1: you, Peter May. Fuck you.
2: So, uh, it is important to give was... everyone
1: in the LGBT community a voice.
2: LGBT? <laughs> did, he... did you mean to say LGBT? I'm
0: sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm having a rage stroke right now.
2: <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I, oh, geez, yeah, this is, you know, the the thing I want to address with Sandy, I feel like it, like you were describing, you know, just the sexy lamp in another room, take that and amplify it by like 20. Oh, Oh, no. Sandy's only job in the musical is to be the neurotic, and when I say neurotic, I'm being gentle. Uh, struggling actress, you know, she... It, and towards the start of the musical, okay, understandable. She has this whole rambling, you know, fast-paced song. Uh, it, it kind of brought back vibes of, uh, I don't know if, how familiar you, familiar either you are with uh, Company by Stephen Sondheim. The song Not Getting Married Today, you know, the very fast-paced patter song. Familiar, yeah. Um, she has this whole... Yeah, she has this whole song about, you know, the stress of auditions and everything like that. And musically... It is actually really well done because, you know, it's the fast paced, neurotic feeling. But that is just her whole character through the whole show. Like this woman is practically screaming half the time. And and just like in the movie, Michael stands her up, you know, to go with uh, with Julie for a date. And it's just like, I feel like that is just that that was where I started, you know, thinking, wow, the show is not only transphobic as hell, but it's misogynistic as hell. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like at least with Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, David, you know, Yazbeck's, you know, another musical made from a movie. At least the women characters, heck, all the characters in that show had depth. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. just a prop. They had real personality. They weren't just freaking out over everything. <laughs> and what's even worse <gasps> in the musical, mind you, is Michael actually steals the, uh, the well, he does I guess you call it, he stole, stole the role that Sandy was going for in the musical. Like she was auditioning yep. for this role. And then Michael comes in as Dorothy and gets the role. Mm-hmm. And then Sandy can't let this go. And it's like the one, I guess the star that broke the camel's back for, per se.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I know with, uh, with the movie, a, like she was, she's not even looked at to audition. She's told, Nope, we're looking for a different type. And so she just comes out and she's like, I, I can't, do this i don't know and so he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna figure something out i'm gonna do something oh what do you mean what do you mean this other person's doing a thing i I gotta deal with this other thing first but i'll be back i don't know why that's my go-to for all of my (laughs) people but anyway um (laughs) but that's like the dustin hoffman thing right now um and so then he goes in for this audition with Sandy, the way they leave it, and Robin, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he... Does he actually say to Sandy that he has been portraying Dorothy this whole time? Or does he just keep lying to her and then finally she says, you know what, I am enough of a professional to still do all of my work commitments even though I am angry at you?
1: I, If that happens, and I think it might... It is overshadowed by her freaking out over believing that Michael has been cheating on her. Yes. Because Michael finds the chocolates that Punky Brewster's dad... Or no, uh, (laughs) Terry Gar finds the chocolates that Punky Brewster's dad gave to Dorothy that Michael never opened, and because he's a moron and because it's in the script, he thinks that he can settle things with Terry Garr, with Sandy, by giving her these chocolates. and doesn't even take the card away.
0: Yep. So so he thinks, and there is actually a really funny, I, I actually really did dig this line, if I can find it. He thinks that I'm a lesbian, or she thinks I'm a lesbian, he thinks <laughs> I'm gay, and... <laughs> it's a brilliant oh, little epic I can't this <laughs> moment.
1: So yeah, so this, this, this total yeah. Who's, on, who's on first routine.
0: Hmm. Oh! the other thing i need to bring up before and we really need to start wrapping up because i gotta throw interviews i gotta do but um i part of the final monologue is him stating i'm not mentally ill but proud and lucky enough to be the woman and i realized for the time queerness transness especially was still looked at like it was only until i think 2016 that it was removed from uh the modern psychology yeah. manual yeah, as exactly. being a mental disorder so okay yeah but at the same time it absolutely like it just that stung in a way that i was very mad about so even though i was still following in with this like yeah. dramatic reveal i was just like well fuck this <laughs> like, so
1: and before we wrap up, I do want to get to one thing that I feel we, we would be remiss for not addressing, which is a little mm. montage about how uh, Michael is bad with babies because men. So Sexy Lamp has a baby um, and she leaves uh, Dorothy alone with with the baby because she thinks Dorothy is a woman. But because Dorothy is actually Michael, Michael is terrible with the baby. And the baby is a total jerk. So, little secret for people who have never interacted with a baby: apparently, babies are jerks. Like, it's not that it's mm-hmm. not that women have some secret to make babies not act like babies. Babies just act like babies, and men hashtag not all men uh, just believe that women have a secret to make babies not act like babies because otherwise they'd have to admit how fucking difficult childcare is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get there. I feel we would be, you know, uh, derelict in our duty if we didn't get that rant out.
2: Much appreciated, yes. <laughs> I will say also just, you know, you know, in terms of the topic of the musical versus what you're telling me about the movie, it sounds like in their quest to make it better for the times, they made it even worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially especially with the arc of... Uh, what's his name? Michael taking, you know, taking the role that, um, Sandy was so desperate for. And, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, Jeff having the whole diatribe of, uh, you're going to take a, a job away from a woman. Then, you know, saying it's an insult to all women, including trans women. He also follows that up with, uh, with, uh, you know, what was it? You know, like more about the, uh, you took a role away fr- uh, from a woman, especially someone you care about. So it's, it's sandwiched in with the uh, mixed messages. And I think that sets the whole viewpoint of the show. The whole tone yeah. is that he's take, you know, he's taking away, you know, women's work and that plays into the mindset that's out in general society that um, a trans woman is going to take away uh work or the spotlight from a cis woman yep. and that it's just a man in a dress and that it's something to be laughed at. So honest to God. Fuck this musical
1: <laughs> and a thousand turf memes were born
0: all, all i'm gonna say is i would have respected the musical and again i haven't seen it yet but i would have respected the musical so much if literally michael reveals that he's been a man in a dress this whole time and they literally just went yeah that's why we hired you you did this really well like I would have been... Like pull a hairspray? Yeah. See, like, that's what I mean, though! Like, it's like, if you lean in, I'm in! It's like...
1: <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah. yeah, we need to reimagine this. If you can find a way to work Romeo and Julio... Ju- Romeo, Romeo, <laughs> R- Romeo and Julio into it. Romeo and Julio?
2: Romeo and Julio? I'm into this. I like this Honestly, idea. yeah. <laughs> I'd watch it.
1: <laughs> and Titus Andronicus. Oh, Titus Androgynus. And Fuck yes, nailed it! <gasps>
0: all right well coming to theater once theater is back that is androgynous okay so (laughs) (laughs) we gotta wrap up uh i'm gonna ask you the questions that we ask at the end of every episode uh first is let's start with did you enjoy it
1: oh robin i enjoyed it (laughs) i love this movie every time i see it and i think every time i see it i love it a little more and I, i i'm sorry for that
2: <laughs> I will say music-wise, acting-wise cuz it, it you know had a couple great names like Lily Cooper played Julie. I adore Lily Cooper. Act you know, staging-wise and music-wise it was phenomenal, but the show itself, good fucking God, I had to stop it several times and just collect myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh yeah, on my end
0: uh no, I'm so glad that I don't have to watch this movie again. Uh that said, I Uh, You know, I can't deny that before the transformation happened, I was actually really digging how obnoxious these fucking actors are <laughs> and like it was just like yeah this is of a time where <laughs> actors were like this and they're are still professors that teach you that it's got to be like this and just it's not exactly like that anymore <laughs> i
1: why would love this movie so much because it kind of shits on theater actors in a lot of ways
0: yeah so the other question is it transphobic this can be on a scale of one to ten it could be a noise it could be however you'd like to express this was the version of Tootsie that you watched (laughs) transphobic?
1: Okay, so if, like, five is just as transphobic as my life is on a given day, um, (laughs) I would put it about a seven, which, you know, might be about average for movies. Uh, It's not much worse than just average media for transphobia. Um, Just because Dustin Hoffman's not playing a trans woman. Um, there are definitely moments where he's kind of briefly coded as a trans woman at, for for laughs. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But I honestly, I see it as more misogynistic than transphobic. And yet, mm. here we are. I love it. <laughs> I love this movie so much.
2: <laughs> for the musical, if we had to do a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not transphobic at all, 10 being fuck yeah, it's transphobic. I want to give it a solid 8.5. Um, misogynistic factors probably matching... Uh, with a seven, seven and a half. I feel like they were trying so hard to take a film that from what you've described to me was about a five, six, maybe even a seven. And you tried to take it down to a four or a three, but just took it all the way up to an eight. And a half. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well-meaning cis people.
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> just leave the writing to us trans folk, right?
1: Right, why? Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you just-
2: Higher, higher trans people like literally we're We're so trans actors for trans roles please (laughs)
0: so for me uh yes hi yes uh but at the same time i i think because i know like you brought up the point that it's a little bit more misogynistic than it is necessarily transphobic they definitely go hand in hand (laughs) especially in this movie especially in this time uh so you can't really escape
2: one without the other in this movie uh and, that's actually what my fiance said when i was ranting to him earlier about this
0: <laughs> good yes oh. so yeah i i would i would give this definitely at least like an eight or a nine even though because it fuck your intent there it is <laughs> like, um, <laughs> i respect that cool respect that. uh just remember the t in lgbt stands for 30. so how robin we'll start with you tell people how to find you on the internet if you want them to
1: oh um yeah you can write angry letters to me at aol at robinbenes.com or just you know search my name i'm up there i'm i think i'm like number nine in a google search for my name so you know it'll be on the first page somewhere (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's Robin with a Y and uh, The Guns Above, I finally was able to sit down and listen Woo! to the audiobook version and it's very good. It's really good. It's very Kate funny. Redding's I like it a lot.
1: really makes it.
0: Yeah, especially when you put it on two times the speed, and I'm sure she will hate that. <laughs> I can see someone behind you, you
1: in this film. Apologies to radio listeners who don't have live feed,
0: but uh, I can. My wife, yeah, my wife who edited the yeah, book. I can see her hands and shakes her head. Whatever, right yeah. <laughs> Bailey, how can people find you if you want them to?
2: Uh, you can find me. Um, pretty active on Instagram uh, at. It's me, underscore, Bailey C. Um, You know, without an apostrophe, obviously, between the it's. I kind of realized that recently that the name I've been using for ages is grammatically incorrect. (laughs) But, you know, it's Instagram. So what can you do? Um, You can find me on the same handle on Twitter, just without the underscore. Uh, Just check out my uh, YouTube channel. It's just my name, Bailey C. Ellis. Ellis with one L. Um, And, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Uh, For me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Lucretia Deerfor, L-U-C-R-E-T-I-A-D-E-A-R, and then the number four. Uh, You can also find the Is It Transphobic podcast on Twitter at Is It Transphobic? And guess what? We now have an Instagram because I finally broke down and made an Instagram at Is It Transphobic.
1: Woohoo! It's 2014!
2: Following that yeah. right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you. Uh, and then you can also find our website, bit.ly slash Uh Thank you all so much. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash IsItTransphobic. We're going to be releasing things. We're going to release episodes a week early. We're going to release mini-episodes a month early. Uh, so if you want to get in on that, if you want to get that content, you just have to donate a dollar a month. Just pop in a dollar a month and you can get all that.
1: It's a dollar a month, people. It's a dollar a month. You were just going to spend the flow anyway.
2: You did. Do more. <laughs> <laughs> just going to spend it on Tootsie. Alright, so... <laughs> oh, LGBT, <God>. LGBT
0: Tootsie. <laughs> oh, God, <I> Lesbian <laughs> <Oblivion laughs> gay Babadook <laughs> de- Tootsie. Is
1: uh, so... <laughs> It Transphobic? Was the real produced, gay icon. <laughs> edited and coordinated by
0: Ashley Lauren Alright, thank you all so much <laughs> the for the listening. Thank you for being it, on the show. Robin. find, find Bandcamp yeah, at